Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. <coughs> what the hell was that? Where did that your little throat bastard goblin come from? Hi there. I am, of course, Marcus Ness. How y'all doing? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, I was just thinking about the last episode I recorded and remembered where I was then and where I am now and what's different. And I just realized and remembered I was sick for a really long time. And now I'm pretty much not sick. That's nice. That's that's nice. So now I'm just back to having back pain all the time, which is not nice. But we'll, we'll, we'll get out of there. I don't know what it is. There's a... A specific bit of pain I've been dealing with for a while now. And I don't know. <sighs> Part of me wonders, is it is it because I'm just too thin? <laughs> I want to put on some weight. So I feel like I'm too, I'm too, I'm too not fat. <laughs> I, I need some more fat on me. So I want to I want to I want to find healthy ways to put on a little bit more weight. I'm not underweight, but I could I could put on some, and I could I could I could, I could get some muscle too, some extra muscle, because I I'm, I'm more I'm not like the the leanness of runners you see doing marathons, where I look at them and I see their legs and their lack of thighs and calves. And I think to myself, okay, that, that, I guess that's how stuff works. <laughs> but yeah, there's just like this weirdness in my back. But overall, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. So there is that. I don't know what to talk about. I've just been watching Voyager. I don't want to talk about Voyager. I'm continuing with the Plex stuff. I'm on a Supernatural, which... The titles, the way they're handled on the discs is inconsistent and a bit annoying. But I'm through 10 seasons now of just getting the raw rips on my hard drive before I start to do the, the more... Uh, detailed, the more bespoke ripping or whatever the hell you want to call it. And no disc errors, so knock on wood, everything. This is me knocking. As long as there aren't any disc errors, I can deal with annoying discs. Annoying discs? Fine. Disc errors where they just don't work? Not fine. So, it'll be fun when I have to go through all those and set them up in handbrake and all that jazz. I'm not sure if every season has commentaries or not. But the way it works on the Supernatural disc, which is the way it works on a handful of series, and it's weird, is that they separate, they, they put two versions of every episode on the disc, and... 
this is another thing I don't understand because I've never researched it or looked into it. How disk memory works in the sense that you have... I'm not, I'm not even sure what I want to get at with here, but in the case of Supernatural, they give you two versions of every episode. One that breaks it out so that you have the English audio and the Japanese audio, and then another one with all the other audio sources. So the Japanese gets separated on its own, or I have no fucking idea. And then with later seasons, I think they started caring less about other languages and only have Portuguese. So there's a video with English and Portuguese and then a video with English and Japanese. Except I think still on the, the Portuguese ones, you get subtitles in French and one other language, French and German. It's usually French, German, and Spanish. That's another weird thing. Why Portuguese? Why not Spanish? Because <laughs> when you have Spanish audio in most cases, it's, it's Spanish, right? It's not Portuguese. Portuguese is, is specifically Portuguese. Is Supernaturally big in Portugal? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I'm, I'm looking forward to being done with all that. However, I realized, because I have them separated, there are still some series, I guess you can call them that, because they technically are series, that I still would have to rip, which are all my Ken Burns documentaries and documentaries in general. The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan slash Chicago Bulls documentary. And a few video game ones, Double Fine Adventure, etc. So I still got those to rip. As well as the nature documentaries. BBC, not BBC Earth. Planet Earth. Planet Earth. Frozen Planet. So that'll be, that'll be fun. But flexing it up as per usual going to still throw a party when it all is done and I could take a break because I have too much on me and no hard drive space to put it on I'm going to use an external I'm going to separate it I probably already thought about this I'm just stretching for stuff but yeah that was fun well, another fun thing is, like I assumed, and she still has not listened to the last podcast, so he was not spoiled on my opinion of Megan. He does not know still that I don't like the movie, and he just watched it last night. Last night into this morning? Well, it would have all been last night for him, uh, time zone-wise, I believe. And he liked it. He gave it three and a half stars on the letterboxd not to spoil people or give away his his secret ratings but he enjoyed it so i can't wait for him because i'm gonna keep my mouth shut 
I can't wait for him to finally get around to listen to that podcast to hear what I think of it. Unless he asks me in in DMs and is really pushing it, I'm going to just ignore any inquiry as to how I felt about Megan. All I did was respond to his liking of it with a ninja gif, but not one that would in any way sway him one way or another in terms of how he thinks I think feel but uh let's just get on to what I've been playing let's let's make this a short show and get into this weekend because I'm ready to play some friggin games this weekend one in particular which game am I going to be playing this weekend well I've talked about so many games to get to for attack the backlog and second runs, wanting to replay Bioshock so that I could play Bioshock 2 finally. But you know what I'm playing? Uh, a game I have never mentioned as being something that I wanted to get to sooner than later. Though I, I'm not against replaying it, and I would like to replay it. I never played the DLC either with the original release. But this is another game that was remastered a few years ago. And I'm playing it because my very good friend, Lunchbox, who uh, I've mentioned before because he's also a patron and has asked some questions here and there. He was asking me if, because it's on sale right now and the sale ends, probably it probably ends Tuesday morning around 5 a.m. Central Time or something along those lines, 3 to 5 a.m., he was asking me if the Alan Wake Remastered Edition is any good. And I told him, I don't know, I haven't played it. And so I said, you know what? I didn't just say it, I screamed it. With caps lock. I don't, I don't actually I don't think I use cap box. Caps lock. Cap locky lock. I said you know what I'm gonna second run that shit and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and stick to that which is what you get as a perk if you're a patron or maybe it's just something you get as a perk if you're one of my very best friends <laughs> you're gonna have to figure that out for yourself the only way to figure it out is to join the patron so you know you can either join the patron or become one of my best friends which one's easier I think joining the Patreon. So maybe you should do that. Huh? Huh? Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I cannot remember how long that game is. Part of me thinks it it could be it, not including the DLC longer than I think, but then it may also be shorter than I think. I feel like it's going to be 15 to 20 hours, but maybe it's more close to 10. I haven't played it since it originally came out. That was 2010, I believe. So 13 years. Jesus Christ. I can't believe that game is that old. But I'm curious to see what the remaster is like. I do believe I remember seeing some screens of it. And they didn't do what some remasters do. And really F up the character designs. So that's good. And as long as the night, like, I think it would be really hard to fuck that up. But uh, that's exciting. 
What's also exciting are the games I played this here week for this here episode. We are going to start with Leap, a brand new multiplayer first person shooter that is very traversal heavy. You have a grappling hook, a dash, and a double jump. And you have two different modes to pick from PvP and a cooperative base. Sort of, it kind of reminds me, I presume, of maybe like a Horde meets Spec Ops type of thing. However, to, to get one thing out of the way right off the bat, this is a game that is available on, I'm playing on Xbox. It's also on PC and presumably PlayStation as well. Crossplay is available, but the user base is very, very low. Going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I open it up, I'm gonna bring it up so I get the, the numbers exactly right. Going to the Steam charts, the all-time peak was 174 players. The 24-hour peak was 45. And 22 minutes ago, we had 14. When I was playing, looking at all the servers, it seemed like there were around 20 to 25 players playing the game in all modes. And what that meant was you really just had one group playing together in the basic matchmaking where it'll jump from mode to mode to mode because it was always one server full in one particular mode and when I would search all the other modes there'd be maybe one person in their own server or one of the official servers waiting for other people to join and no one else and the cooperative mode which I believe is for up to teams of four there were no other people playing. I did get into a lobby with one other person whose name was Black Dynamite and a number or something, and that made me very, very happy because I love that movie. I also found it really, really weird that... Did that movie find newfound love, or is there a, a, a decent cult following for that movie? Because... It went on sale for $7, the Blu-ray, and it became a front-page deal on Slick Deals. Black fucking Dynamite, a movie that I saw in theaters with maybe three, four, I don't remember how many people, there weren't a lot of people in the theater with me when I saw it, and I was very, very much the only white person there. But I don't, how how did it become a front page deal? There are Blu-ray sales all the time. Black Dynamite goes on the front page of Slick Deals. Fucking, I love you, Slick Deals. You know what's what. That movie's amazing, and that was a great username. I don't know what platform they were on. But, man, now I got the sniffles. Why is my nose running now? My nose has been fine for days, and it's like, oh, you're podcasting. You're going to be all mic'd up. You know what it would really suck? If you had to sniff all the damn time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
they they hung out for a little bit and i think if they readied up we could have started a game with just the two of us but they didn't want to they didn't want to just be the two of us so they bounced and then i i left so i have not been able to try out the cooperative mode because no one is playing it and there aren't a lot of people playing the game either and i understand why the gunplay sucks the traversal is pretty all right however the as fun as a traversal is it's just like i'm turning away from the mic i don't want to sniff i want to sniff as enjoyable as the traversal is overall your default movement speed is incredibly slow this is surprisingly the uh, leap is a surprisingly slow overall first person shooter and I'm not sure if in the description it says, this is a fast-paced... No, it's not a fast-paced shooter. Your your basic movement is super slow. There's no sprint to my knowledge, so you're just stuck moving at the single speed. And I don't believe there is a, a sprint because you have at your disposal at all times your own little hoverboard that you can get on and move around the environment a lot faster, which you'll need because the environments are large. This is more battlefield than call of duty in terms of map size uh, a lot of the modes are similar you have your control type mode a capture the tag like which is more one-sided where one team defends three nodes or points or whatever they are and you have to steal all of those and return to your base and then a a, a basic team death match and a few others that I never got to try because the the place that never randomly jumped to one of those in the single server that was full. But it's so slow. It's so slow. And then the, the gunplay is incredibly unsatisfying. There's a weird, I, I think there's some performance issues with it, at least on Xbox. And more so than that, I have to believe this is way better with a mouse and keyboard because the controller aim assist feels really, really aggressive. And there's no way to adjust it in any way. So without it, your aiming becomes a bit smoother but with it on, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel good without it on, but with it on, it feels way more herky-jerky and snappy, but in the worst ways possible. It, it does not feel good at all. It makes it so that ADSing seems borderline unless an enemy is so far out of range that it's hard to really lock onto them without ADSing. I would avoid ADSing as much as possible when playing. It, it just felt so rough and disorientating to a point. And it's a, it's a shame because it, it doesn't. It's a it's a pretty bland aesthetic. But the thing about it is, is that the traversal, which is a, a big part of it, feels really really good, especially when you chain a bunch of movement actions together so doing a jump then grappling onto the top of a building 
that propels yourself forward pretty fast. You, you move fast when doing that. And then double jumping after that, doing a few dashes. Maybe your grappling hook resets, uh, the cooldown resets before you hit the ground, grapple again. Like, you can chain together some pretty impressive bits of traversal, and that feels really good. My favorite part of my time with the game was whenever I played or whenever we would get into the capture the flag type mode, and I would just get that flag equivalent and then traverse the shit out of my way back to home base. It was incredibly satisfying. I was immediately pretty good at it. And that was fun. That felt good. But this is a first-person shooter. The shooting has to feel good as well. It's not a capture the flagger. So, ultimately, and with a limited user base, it's super hard to recommend. I, I was... It's funny, too, because the people I was playing with, at least a quarter of them were all streamers with TTTV in their name, however many T's are in there, or Twitch in their name, or whatever. I was just thinking to myself, all right, you're probably streaming to no one. Or if you were, you should get them to play this game with us so that we can get into more modes and try out more things. There are bugs galore in it too. I would have instances where I would use my grappling hook to try to get up a, a rock formation. And then I would get stuck in some part of the environment and just loop around and loop around and loop around. And I would have to keep trying to dash out of it and hope I hit it at the right time to get out of it. Otherwise, I was just stuck in this loop. So there, there are little bugs and hitches here and there of that nature and what i think ultimately is going to kill this game is that it is a premium game this is not a free-to-play game even though it sure as fuck feels an awful lot like a free-to-play game in terms of its quality and what it has to offer it is a 30 dollar game and when you look at that and compare to what is out there in terms of other $30 games and the free-to-play market of Apex, Warzone, Fortnite, even stuff like uh, Paladins and whatever the, the Ubisoft or the, not the, the, the Riot, what is it, Valorant? There, there's nothing true. There's nothing that I know of that is Battlefield-esque that is free to play. I'm, I'm sure there's something out there, but nothing that I've, I've played and have, have any personal experience with. But even so, it just, it seems dead on arrival. And it's too bad because there are some, again, the traversal, when you're you're hitting everything, it feels even when you're not hit, like just the movement. If the game was faster, would be like, the 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 traversal feels really good. I wish the game was faster, but ignoring that, 
the movement feels really good. It has some decent foundational ideas there, and it just sucks that the rest of the game is varying degrees of average, mediocre, and, and in some very rare cases, bad. So that's leap. Leapity, leapity, leapity. I think there was one other thing I wanted to say about it. What was it? What did I want to say about Leap? There's something. There's something about Leap. Give me the Leap. Leap it up. Quantum Leap is a great show, by the way. You should, you should definitely check out Quantum Leap. I am vampering and bantering. I'm not bantering. I'm rambling bantering trying to think of what it was you know what who cares it don't matter don't play leap it's you know too bad too bad then uh the next thing i want to talk about is twice reborn a vampire visual novel this is from east soft and rodaka games so your two achievement studios <laughs> I don't know what else to say. This is this is a, a a visual novel where you play as a young man who gets turned into a vampire, and then you have to go about stopping baddies and maybe fall in love along the way. I only I only played a little bit of it and started checking out the story. And it the thing about this is that it is another traditional visual novel for better or worse in my case it's for the worst there there's one thing that I will I will mention shortly that is a bit of a saving grace but it's not enough of a saving grace before that I get to that it is the same thing of reading a lot of text getting a lot of descriptions not seeing a lot of the descriptions and actions you're reading represented in the visuals on screen so it's just static imagery with maybe some blinking maybe a bit of mouth movement when there is dialogue and and maybe a, a character model a character portrait just nudging ever so slightly when they're supposed to be moving but for the most part it's very static and I struggle there. There are very limited choices as well. In the two hours I played, I maybe made five choices, if that. And to me, that's another thing where I'm like, why you have to justify being a video game? You have to justify... The, the, the fact that you're making me play like if I'm not doing something why, why am I here what am I why am I not just reading this that is always my question with visual novels why are you a video game why are you supposedly a, a piece of interactive media what are you doing with this medium the medium of video games are you just fucking give me something and uh, Twice Reborn is another example of 
a visual novel that does not have an answer to that question for me. And so I found the, the experience pretty frustrating. However, it's one saving grace, but not enough of a saving grace because there isn't as much dialogue in the game as I would have liked, at least early on in, the, in those first few hours. It's way more reading descriptions and actions and, and stuff of that nature. The voice acting, because every bit of dialogue is voiced, it's just you don't get enough of the, the dialogue, is atrocious. It is so bad, but it is bad in a kind of enjoyable way. Kind of in that it's, hey, Discord, uh, it's, it's just, it's real bad. But I think because there's so much downtime between it, it goes from being kind of enjoyable to being reminded of how bad everything in the game is, including the voice acting, that I wasn't able to really get into any type of enjoyment state or a consistent level of enjoyment because I would get the dialogue and some of the performances, some of the deliveries would be so bad and so confusing. And in some cases, it was clear that the voice actors... I. I don't think any are actual voice actors, so calling them voice actors is a bit of a stretch. The the people who they got to record the dialogue, probably just people on the development team, some of them, their characters don't care, so it makes sense when they sound like they don't care, but then in other cases, they sound like they don't care when clearly they should care at least a little bit. <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's funny. It's funny. And there are times where I would hear a delivery and have a delayed reaction after a few seconds. I would just be like, what the fuck was that? What, what's going on here? Am I getting punked? Uh, and in, in that sense, it was enjoyable. But does that make it worth playing? No. I think the auto speed for progressing the story and the dialogue and everything even at the max is not fast enough to to make it a, an enjoyable passive experience and i also realized doing that with my xbox I, I recently set it up so that it would turn off by itself after 10 minutes or so of not interacting so that i would make sure that in cases where I left it on, it would turn itself off if I was doing other things and just forgot to turn it off, etc. And with something like a visual novel, even though it is designed to be played, quote-unquote played, or just consumed in a very passive way where you don't have to do anything with the controller, you can put it down, and just pick it up whenever a question of you is asked, a choice is provided, you have to still press a button every now and again or something for the, the console to believe you're actually 
using it because having the game running and it progressing on its own is not enough for the Xbox to believe that you're actually quote unquote playing a game. So even the Xbox doesn't think visual novels justify their existence in, in many cases. That's why I'm Team Xbox and not Team PlayStation. It probably works the same on PlayStation and, and Switch as well. But that was my experience with Twice Reborn. If, if you love visual novels, I guess give it a go. But I'm, I'm still not a fan of the genre. But I will never, I will never completely disregard any visual novel until I play it myself because there are cases where the writing is really good and then sometimes the voice acting if there is voice acting is really good and it's a, a solid if still somewhat why experience but at the same time as well I, I and you and no like who knows when we'll ever get another or you know what the next Doki Doki will be and if if I completely disregard the genre as being something I don't like and never give anything the time of day ever again, I would miss out on potential other Doki Dokis. And I don't want to do that because that was such... Even when I played it much after the fact and I knew that it went places, I didn't know where it went, but I knew it got weird and things happened. So that that surprise was not there. Still going on that journey and seeing how things played out was incredible. And it took advantage of the medium it used, it chose to deliver its story. Because the, the I don't want to spoil anything, but the things that happen and the way things play out it could only be as impactful as it was with the delivery method it chose to deliver its story. And if I were to miss out on another experience like Doki Doki, the, the experience I had playing Doki Doki, I would be really bummed. As much as I hate most visual novels, I... Hate's a strong word. I don't hate them, but I, I just don't understand the majority of their existence and they're ultimately not for me. Doki Doki Literature Club was my favorite game of the, when it, when it, the console version when that came out because I didn't play it when it initially came out on PC. When the console version, the port came out, it was my favorite game of that year, and it is one of my favorite games of all time. I fucking adore Doki Doki. So it just goes to show that whatever your, the genre is, don't forget you're a video game. Don't forget you have a bunch of tools at your disposal that you don't in other mediums. And if you don't take advantage of them, then why are you a video game? It's that simple. Last game I played is Pinball FX, which I believe came out a year or maybe two ago on PC exclusively. This is the new Pinball FX. 
I believe it came out on PC as an Epic Store, Epic, Epic Game Store exclusive. And it just recently got a console release, finally. I don't... I don't want to talk too much about it because it is just pinball effects. The, the stuff I want to mention, it, it breaks my heart playing this game because I adored this series for so long. I was a fan and have been playing it for over a decade. Bought so many tables. Got plenty via review codes as well. And they always did good by their community, by their fans, their players, allowing you to carry over tables from one generation to the next, from one game to the the other. Very Hitman-esque or Rock Band-esque. And it was great. The, the physics model is not as accurate as something like the Pinball Arcade, but it is just... Uh, really fun. It, it's the most polished pinball game out there. And it was always just a, a good fun time with a lot of great leaderboard systems and community aspects within the game. Your pinball wizard store and all that kind of stuff. <coughs> oh my god. And with Pinball FX, they've thrown all that out the window. In, in favor of a, a subscription, but you can also buy tables. And the the real killer is that you cannot carry over any of your old tables if you were a longtime supporter. And that fucking sucks. I don't remember the reasoning, but I don't care what it is. It just fucking sucks. And I feel bad because... I got a few codes for some table packs as well as a code for $1,200 pinball coins, which is how much it costs to buy a year pass to pinball effects. And the, the, the pinball pass allows you to play the majority of the games for free. You can still buy a lot of individual table packs. I'm not, I'm not sure if all the tables are purchasable. But that 1,200 coins amounts to 100 real-world dollars. So to get a year pass, if you're not lucky enough to be someone like me who gets a code for it, that's going to set you back $100. And I just cannot get behind that. The, the new business model of Pinball FX it angers me. It saddens me. It makes me feel so many things. But more than any anything else, I, I just... This is a, a very perfect instance of... I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And I knew this was the business model because I, I, knew, I knew this was what they were doing when they, they did the, the initial early access jump or whatever on PC and just sucks 
If you're a new person coming to this game and have never played any of the Pinball FX games, it's probably fine. You look at it and you think, well, this is how games are these days. I can I can buy tables or I can do this. You know, it's not bad. And and maybe when you step back, it's not that bad in the grand scheme of things or comparatively or any of that. But if you are someone who has been a fan of this series for a long time, you have supported it for a long time, you have a bunch of tables in previous versions and would like to be able to play them in this new pretty version the game looks like just to, just to get to the game itself it looks great plays incredibly well there's ray tracing it it's the the, the, the ray tracing in hdr not the best but it it just in general looks really really good my favorite table of the ones i played was the ghost rider table i don't know if i played that on the previous version but that that table may not have a lot of color to it it's very red heavy it looks fucking incredible that table looked so good but they also have some new license tables they ha- had a garfield one which i think is new for this version which takes on a cell shaded aesthetic which is cool it does make the game a lot harder to read almost impossible to read at times so there are some disadvantages to it, but it's something that they're able to, to do and play around with and experiment with because it's a video game and and that's not a real table. So I, I, I that's one of the things that was always nice about the Pinball FX game over the, the Pinball Arcade and the like where because while they, and, and, and especially now when they have the, I believe, Williams license, they've been doing more real-world table conversions. But for the longest time, what their advantage was was creating unique tables specifically for video games, and that allowed them to do a lot of things you can't do in in a real table, which is always one of the the fun things about it. But yes, it plays well. It, It plays like it's always played, and it looks great, runs great, all that jazz. It does suffer from the problem any game that is connected suffers from which is constantly having to talk to the server which slows things down in the ui and in loading the game and stuff of that nature which is so much more noticeable this generation as we've transitioned to ssds that make it so that any game that doesn't do that is incredibly snappy the ui of these consoles is snappy and so games like this or Hitman or any online focus game, when you have to rely on speaking to a server, there is going to be those those delays, which, you know, kind of sucks. But this is the pinball FX you know and love. So that's that's all great. But I couldn't stop myself from thinking about the the change in business models from every game that came before to this new version of Pinball FX. And it just bummed me out. I couldn't enjoy any of my time with the game because that's all I could think about in the back of my head. And that's on me. 
that that that's not something that most people will think about especially if you're someone who hasn't played these games before you're not going to be thinking about how this is a huge change from the way things used to be and if you are a longtime fan you may be more willing to accept it as well but i i went from in in all the other games prior to this feeling like a player to feeling like a consumer to feeling like a number on a spreadsheet on a revenue sheet just fucking sucks and 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 it, it I think part of it too is just the fact that I did get codes and I feel even worse about that because I think about all the people who aren't as lucky and will have to pay to play and it just it just sucks. You know what also sucks? This podcast. So I'm going to end it. <laughs> uh, no Patreon questions this episode. So that means I get to end it right now. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So uh, as always, or, you know, uh, I'm, you know, again, Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. And if you'd like to find all my links of import and whatnot, you can do that over at pxsausage.com. That'll give you, get you everywhere you, you need to go. And once you go, the YouTubes, the, the Twitches. I don't, I don't Twitch anymore. The Twitter's there. I don't really tweet anymore either. The, the website, I website pretty often. So you can do that as well. Uh, but that is again, pxsausage.com. And if you enjoy this here show and any of the, the stuff I uh, do or the other stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs to support me and my nonsense that away. I appreciate it greatly. And with the $3 or higher backing, you get stuff like access to an exclusive, some exclusive Discord channels and the ability to ask me questions on this here show if you want to do that. This looks weird. I've got my hand, my fingers in one of them reversible octopuses and it just looked like I was, like I was just sticking my hand in a vagina. And like a fucking flashlighty thing. That's not what was happening. I was, I just picked it up. Calm down. Anywho, that's patreon.com slash PXS to support me in my vagina finger in ways. Oh my god, what's going on? Where what am I saying? Uh but yeah, that's it. That's all. So as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have uh both a wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. So for now, adios a Rivederci. Bye.